Hi everyone, my name is Jody, and I am your host of the Exploring the Midwest podcast. Um, before we jump into today's podcast, I just want to know what topics would you like to hear about? Are there any subjects in the Midwest that you would like me to explore a little bit more? Please send me your ideas. You can email directly to Jody, J-O-D-Y, at familyrambling.com. That is Jody at familyrambling.com. And when you're done listening, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Android. Your reviews help other people find the podcast. If you can't leave a review on your podcast app, take a minute, take a screenshot, and tag me on Instagram at Jody Halstead, and leave just a few kind words. I really appreciate it. Now, let's start exploring the Midwest. Now, today, unfortunately, um, Minnesota Tourism was unable to join me for their episode, but I have three amazing guests today who are Minnesotans, they know the state, and they are ready to share. So we have Stacy Brooks. She is a freelance journalist and blogger who grew up in Duluth, currently lives in the Twin Cities. Her writing has been published in Midwest Living, Minnesota Monthly, and the Minneapolis Star Tribune, and she blogs about food and travel at Tangled Up in Food. Lisa Baker is a mom of two wonderful kids. Are they still wonderful with all the at-home time? That's the big question because mine vary day by day. <laughs> she is always seeking great deals and better affordable ways of enjoying life with her family. She uh, created the blog Twin Cities Frugal Mom to share deals and freebies, tips for saving money and fun things to do on a budget in Minnesota and around the Midwest. And Susan is the voice behind the Big Wild World Adventure Travel Blog. She believes that life is better with adventure. Her mission is to help you discover your sense of adventure by sharing tips, resources, and destination guides from close to home in Minnesota and all around this big wild world. Ladies, thank you all so much for taking the time today to join me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jody. Thank you. So, I, start, I lived in the Twin Cities for 10 years. I traveled out the state um, for my job lots and lots of time in a car. I spent time up north in the summer at lake houses and in the winter snowmobiling. Okay, I only did that one once, and that was enough for me. Um, but Minnesota, to me, is a state that embraces the outdoors. So what do you think people think about Minnesota when they are considering a trip? Do you think they have misconceptions or you know, what do you think their thoughts are? The most common thing I hear is that people think it's cold all the time, like even in the summer. And so when I post about it actually gets really warm here. We have the two extremes. People always seem surprised that there's not snow in June and that we get the warmer temperatures. Oh, and summer in Minnesota, it's just one of the Wonderful. best things in the world, right? <laughs> Stacy, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think definitely the cold year round thing is a common misconception. Um, I think another thing that people don't realize um, that we have some really vibrant urban areas um, besides the great outdoors. Um, you know, I've gotten comments that, you know, we don't have any tall buildings, um, which is very much not the case. So Minneapolis has several buildings that are over 50 stories. Um, so yeah, I think Minnesota has a really great combination of, um, you know, the urban stuff with those kinds of amenities and attractions, um, as well as just some really lovely outdoor spaces. 
And Lisa, you talk a lot about families. So what do you think people think about Minnesota if they're thinking about traveling with a family? I think, well, like the others said, I do agree that we are perceived as the cold state. Everything is cold, cold. But I think that benefits us in a lot of ways because we are experts at indoor fun, indoor entertainment, year-round. Everyone knows we've got the Mall of America here in the Twin Cities, and that has some great entertainment for families. But there's a lot of things all over the state for families, both indoor and outdoor. Excellent. Well, I am so ready to dig into what Minnesota has to offer. And, you know, as I started with, I, I think of Minnesota as a state that embraces the outdoors. And there are really a lot of wide open spaces to explore. Um, Stacey, you have a really great state park that you um, that you like. And it, it kind of is a surprise to people a little bit. Yeah, um, I've been going to Itasca State Park, um, you know, since before I could remember. Um, I think a lot of us who live in Minnesota take for granted that the Mississippi River actually starts in Minnesota. Um, and you can walk across the headwaters at Itasca State Park. They have, um, you know, these large rocks kind of lined up. The river is quite narrow at that point. Um, so you can um, walk your way across. It can be treacherous when the water's high, um, a lot easier when the water is low. Um, and, you know, besides the headwaters of the Mississippi River, I really love Itasca um, just because it's, it's Minnesota's oldest state park. It was established in 1891 when there's a lot of clear-cut logging going on. Um, Itasca was established to preserve some of those old-growth forests. Um, so it's one of the few places in Minnesota where you can kind of see, um, you know, really huge pine trees. Um, it's just a really beautiful, tranquil place. Um, lots of bike trails, hiking, um, all that stuff. Susan, now you like a state park that is a little more difficult to get to um, and probably not as many uh, hiking trails as Itasca. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually a national park. Um, it's a Voyagers National Park is kind of unique because actually over a third of the park is only accessible by water. So you can paddle or rent a boat or bring your own boat, but it's really meant to be explored by water. Um, it's kind of located central North Minnesota along the border with Canada. So it's also that north, true Northwoods experience that you that you want to have here in Minnesota. That's, you know, that's one of those places I think that people don't realize, number one, how vast it is. Mm -hmm. And number two, how dark it can get. Um, both Voyagers National Park and the Boundary Waters Canoe Area are certified as international dark sky places. And that's that's a hard certification to get because we have so much ambient light from so many things. And I just, I, I find that to be really exciting that Minnesota has not one, but two dark sky areas. Yeah, that's a huge designation um, for those both to achieve. Um, really exciting for stargazers, or if you want to chase the northern lights, it's um, a great opportunity here in Minnesota. Speaking of chasing the northern lights, how often do those show up, and how far north do you actually have to be to see them optimally? Yeah, so you can travel to Norway or Alaska or any of those places, but we also have the northern lights here in Minnesota from between around October to March. and. You, you, luck has to be on your side. The start, the skies have to be clear, but um, really the northern border along Canada, so up the Gunflint Trail near Grand Marais, Cook County, also where Grand Marais is, and then Voyagers National Park and the Boundary Waters are all areas that if you're lucky, you can chase them and hopefully get a glimpse here in Minnesota. 
And Minnesota has um, something that most people probably know about with national parks, and that's, um, a, I don't know, like a stamping system or something like that, right? Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, Minnesota State Park Club? Yeah. The Passport Club is an awesome way to explore. We have 75 state parks and recreation areas. I've been fortunate to live in a number of different states, and I can say that Minnesota state parks are some of the best that I've um, experienced. And so you earn a stamp at each of the different parks that you visit, so it kind of forces you to try out some new parks or explore new areas. And bonus, you earn free nights of camping as you hit milestones along filling up your passport. So it's just a really fun way to get out and explore the state. That is really fun. I didn't know about the free camping. Mm -hmm. um, Minnesota also has some really great Probably, you know, they know 35 goes straight up to the top of Minnesota. Um, and they might not veer off of that a little bit. Lisa, you have a really great suggestion that I, it's one of my favorite places in Minnesota um, to visit. Uh, which place are you referring to? Uh, Austin. Oh, Austin, yeah. I did, did, it caught out a little bit. Yes, Austin is a couple hours south of the Twin Cities of the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And it is absolutely a gem. Our family visited there last October for the first time. And there is a lot to do for free and for cheap there. So if your family is looking for a place to go on a budget, there's a lot of family fun there, great restaurants. We visited the Spam Museum which is free and it tells the history of Hormel Foods and the family, the Hormel family. And you can also, and you can visit the Hormel Historic Home there as well, where the George Hormel and his family lived starting in 1871, that the house was built. And there is JC Hormel Nature Center, which is free and it's open year round. There's a lot to do, a lot to see, scenic in the area and a lot of small businesses one thing I really liked was walking down the historic downtown district and just visiting with business owners and the interesting stories they have there. There's a bookshop that had the largest collection of Berenstain Bears books anywhere. And so you, it's just fascinating to find out what gems you'll find just talking to the business owners. You know, and that's the great thing about small towns is you find these funny, quirky little things like that. And I love how Austin really embraces their Hormel heritage and uh, doesn't shy away from the spam because, you know, spam has that love-hate relationship for so many people. Um, Stacy, speaking of spam and food, uh, you, you focus a lot on food in Minnesota. And I think food is one of those great travel things, especially finding things that you might not expect. Um, you know, Minneapolis has kind of been the hub of the Juicy Lucy debate since the 1950s. Um, for those of you who don't know what a Juicy Lucy is, it's that cheese stuffed burger. And there are two uh, bars, and they're not very far from each other, who say they, they um, first invented it. But beyond that, that great greasy burger, um, there's a lot of diverse food in Minnesota and the Twin Cities. Yeah, I think um, people who aren't from here might kind of have the idea that we're all just hanging out, um, eating tater tot hot dish and a deep fried food on a stick at the Minnesota State Fair. Um, and well, that certainly happens. And lutefisk. Um, I mean, don't forget the lutefisk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, as you mentioned, the Twin Cities have just such a rich local food scene, um, thanks to our um, really vibrant immigrant communities. Um, we have a great Mexican restaurant scene. Um, we have a lot of East African cuisine, um, thanks to a large uh, Somali and Ethiopian um, American presence. Um, Hmong farmers have really revitalized our farmers markets. Um, we have Vietnamese restaurants, Jamaican restaurants, Filipino, Moroccan, Ecuadorian. Um, the list really just goes on and on and on. Um, some of the best places to go to find global cuisine in um, the Twin Cities, um, Eat Street in Minneapolis, which is a stretch of uh, Nicolet Avenue that just has dozens of restaurants um, representing all different cuisines from all over the world. Um, Midtown Global Market in Minneapolis is also very cool. It's an indoor market with a bunch of um, food stalls, um, also retail stores. Um, it's just a bunch of small businesses. Lots of them are immigrant owned. Um, it's a small business incubator um, to kind of give people a leg up as they're starting their small business. Um, and then also the Mungtown Marketplace in St. Paul is a really neat opportunity to get to sample um, Hmong food, um, which is very unique. Um, the Hmong are a Southeast Asian um, ethnic group um, and their cuisine combines a lot of different influences um, from Lao food, Thai food, Vietnamese, Chinese food. Um, it's just really interesting and something um, that's pretty unique um, to the Twin Cities. It is really um, a vibrant food scene. I remember when when I was living up there, we were trying different restaurants all the time, and and new restaurants were popping up in in the most obscure places. There's one that um, I absolutely love, and I wish I could remember the name of it, uh, but it's in Northeast Minneapolis. I believe it is an Asian food restaurant now. Used to be a strip club, so um, that's yeah. I think you're thinking of High High. Yes. <laughs> So, you know, they, they pop up in places that you might not expect. And I, I absolutely love that about the Twin Cities that, that uh, I, I feel like people don't um, don't think, oh, it used to be this, so it can't go this way. Um, I just really, really love that about the area. Susan, if, if you are talking to somebody who's thinking about visiting Minnesota and they're like, okay, what, what is the one food that defines the state? What would you think it would be? I mean, aside from the Juicy Lucy, I think <laughs> um, almost any restaurant, you'd be hard pressed to find something, uh, a restaurant that doesn't have walleye. Probably oh, fried, maybe served another way, but walleye is like just a core essential for any sort of menu. Probably right. I remember that very much. Um, speaking of walleye and you know, that kind of takes me mentally to rivers. And, you know, everybody knows Minnesota has all the lakes, but they don't think about the river history. And that's really, really rich. In fact, uh, Minnesota's first city is on the banks of a river. It's a great city to visit. One of my favorites when I lived there. Lisa, you spend a lot of time in Stillwater. We do, and it's so close to Minneapolis, St. Paul, and just on the border of Wisconsin, so just east about 20, 30 minutes. And so our family goes there a lot. And it's it's like its own little piece of heaven for us because I grew up in Duluth, which is up on the Lake Superior North Shore. And it's kind of like our mini Duluth in a way because it has a river, a bridge. It's very quaint on a hill. And right now they have, oh, actually I should say all year round, they have so much going on. As you can see on the screen, wintertime in Stillwater. It's a free downtown, just walk through display of lights. They have a light show every night now in, in wintertime. Um, there's an ice castle event going on right now. They just have so much going on for families year round. 
And it's just so beautiful. The restaurants, a lot of them overlook the river. So we go there and you can rent bikes. And so every time we go there, we experience something different and we just love it. And you know, Minnesota has so much to offer. I know we started by saying that, and I'm going to kind of wrap up by saying that because we have barely even scratched the surface of everything Minnesota has to offer the visitor. But before we completely wrap up, I want to know what you think the visitor to Minnesota should check out in 2021. So if somebody's thinking, okay, I want to get away. I know Minnesota has these wide open places. I know there's a lot to do and see. Um, where should they go? Susan? Yeah, I think there's two things that come to mind. One is an Iron Range road trip. So the Iron Range area stretches from Crosby and central Minnesota up past Ely to the Canadian border. And you know the North Shore is incredible and it gets all the love, but I feel like the um, Iron Range area is just kind of deserves a little bit more love than it gets. It's, it's incredibly beautiful. Lots of paddling, hiking, camping, biking, um, history, mining history, Native American history. Um, so really, really worth um, a road trip to check out all the different parts of the, the Iron Range. And then secondly, for hikers, we're home to a 300 plus mile, really unique backpacking trail that stretches from Canada to Wisconsin along Lake Superior. So um, if you're a hiker or backpacker, you can do it in sections or you can do it all at once, but it's absolutely incredible um, and a great way to experience the state. And does that trail have a name? The Superior Hiking Trail. Um, Stacy, you also kind of recommend people head north. Yeah, I just love the uh, the scenic drive along Minnesota 61 um, along the North Shore. Um, this isn't one mentioned. Um, it is an area that gets a lot of love, but I think it's really deserving of that love. Um, there's really something for everyone. You know, there's beautiful scenery. Um, if you're you know a hardcore hiker and you want to do that, I um, mean, the Superior Hiking Trails right there. There are also a lot of hikes that are very accessible to families, um, to people who, you know, might have some mobility issues. You can still see some really beautiful scenery. Um, and, you know, I have to uh, shout out lots of great food along the drive as well. Um, if you want to stop for smoked fish, um, for pie, um, there's just something for everyone. And Lisa, you have some great advice for people who maybe don't want that, you know, get away, escape, spend all your time outdoors you have some great insight into the cities. Yeah, so the cities, of course, there's a lot to do indoors, like I had mentioned. Um, the Mall of America has a lot year-round. That's, I think, why it was built to Bloomington, because we're experts at <laughs> um, doing indoor fun. Um, but also museums like the Minnesota Children's Museum in St. Paul, they are open with uh, all, even with the COVID restrictions. And um, there's many... Uh, Minnesota History Center, the Science Museum of Minnesota, lots of museums, including art museums, Minneapolis Institute of Art, and some places you can enjoy outside as well, of course. Um, some have like the Capone Art uh, Center, Is it, am I saying that right? <laughs> Other Twin Cities uh, people. Um, you can walk through some art displays outside and even um, closer to Stillwater. So it's close enough to the Twin Cities area. There's Franconia Sculpture Park where you could walk around outside. And that's close to also William O'Brien State Park. So if you like outdoors and, you know, want to check out the Stillwater area, you can combine indoor-outdoor fun all in that same area too. So Cindy Carlson, 
says, Susan, you are exactly right about the Iron Range Grand Rapids area. It is a hidden treasure. Um, and, and again, Minnesota is so, so full of so many terrific things to see and do. And so for more information on that, visit Explore Minnesota by the Minnesota Tourism Board, and you will be able to order your Minnesota guide. You will be able to um, research online. And of course, visit the websites of my guests. Susan uh, has this big wild world. Stacy has Tangled Up in Food. She will lead you to all the best places to eat. And Lisa at Twin Cities Frugal Mom will be able to tell you where to go and what to do when you are traveling in Minnesota with your family and help you stay on a budget to do it. Thank you, ladies, all so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate your insight into Minnesota. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you.